Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax. Let whatever cares you have, whatever concerns, whatever is on your to-do list, Let that all just fall by the wayside. Just make ourselves available to whatever God wants to say to us. And whatever questions we may have, let those come up up too. That's that's an important thing is when you do have questions about what you're doing, about what God wants, what anything, write it down. A lot of times God speaks to us through our questions. He puts curiosity, he stirs up our curiosity and wants us to pursue those questions. Not necessarily to get an answer to the questions, but that's one of the ways he draws us. And that's his preferred relationship style is that he draws us to him the goodness of God that draws us. If he needs to use other methods, he does, but he loves us. And just as any person that is in a good relationship knows, the other person wants what's best for him. God wants what's best for you. And he knows what that is. You and I don't. We're usually not real good judgment, have really good judgment about what's good for us. But he knows what's best for us. So we've been talking about the supernatural realm and how the soul relates to the supernatural realm and that we have supernatural abilities that are already in us that very often the evangelical circles refer to these things as spiritual gifts, and they're neither. They are soulical. They're part of your soul, and they came with your soul. If you have a soul, you have these abilities. And I choose the word ability over gifts. Gifts sounds like something that's not part of you that God gives you this little package that it's wrapped up and we have to treat it a certain way and your gifts can be better than mine and we somehow earn them and deserve them and or once we get them, we have to treat them a certain way or live up to them. There's, there seems to always be a lot of baggage, a lot of extra weight around what God wants to do through our solical abilities. So part of our challenge is to kind of put aside what we already believe about spiritual gifts, a.k.a. supernatural or solical abilities. Now here we're using supernatural and solical very close to one another simply because the soul, your soul, my soul, functions in the realms 
between spiritual and natural. The abilities we're talking about are not spirit, are not spiritual. They're not natural. They relate to both, but they are part of your soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and emotions. And I'm not going to be tight about that. If you want to believe different things about your soul, that's that's fine. That's not what's important. What's important is that your soul is above the natural, your body, and your soul is below your spirit, the spirit. Spiritual Nature, you have a spiritual nature. If you've been born again, you're alive in your spirit. If you haven't, you're dead in your spirit. Now, one of the ways we can tell if something has the characteristics of spirit versus soul versus body or supernatural versus spiritual is can a non-believer someone who is dead in their spirit, who has not been resurrected, doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, however you want to put it, can that person engage or exercise abilities that are the same or similar or even equal to the so-called spiritual gifts or the supernatural abilities? And this is where we can get into discussions of of clairvoyance, ESP, being able to, you know, telekinesis, any kind of, you know, witchcraft, any kind of communing with other spirits, with other, well, not spirits, but the demonics or other creatures in the supernatural realm there does seem to be a much greater willingness to embrace these abilities in non-believers than there is in believers. And we need to change that. We don't want to seed or give any of our heritage away, period. This earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And if we are in God, it's ours. As spirit beings exercise the same power and authority over the supernatural and the natural that God himself does. Now, God being God is wise and, and for the most part doesn't let us exercise that power and authority. And we want to respect the boundaries that he has around us. He's looking out for us. He's looking out for those around us. He's not going to let us get into trouble just because he starts letting us taste and experience and exercise our God-given power and authority. Because that power and authority is part of God. And God doesn't do things willy-nilly. He's got a plan. He's got a strategy. Now he's all—he's ever, you know, eternally creative. There's there's no end to his new ideas. 
And so how he expresses himself, we're never going to be able to figure him out relying on our, our mind, will, and emotions. What we can comprehend by experience is his nature, which is love. Now, it's not like our concept of love, which is an emotion. When we're talking about God, love is character. Love is a characteristic of his nature. It is his nature. And he expresses that nature through giving. And what does he give? He gives himself. And, and if you look through the history of God's relationship with the earth, with mankind, with creation, it's always an expression of God. It's him giving himself. Now, we have a tendency to evaluate and judge what he's doing and how he's doing it based on our own ideas about what he should be doing. One of the things that we often struggle with is the whole idea of good and evil. We have this idea that anything good comes from God, anything evil comes from the devil. Well, of course, you know, if God is God, everything comes from him. If God is sovereign, Everything comes from him. Over time, God catches us and says, now, where, do you, where did you come up with that idea? And if we were to start really looking at our own ideologies, our own thoughts as to how God operates, even heaven and hell, they came from somewhere else. Even if we think they're scriptural, the building on what's there the expansion is based mostly on literature and other people's doctrines god has left so many blank spaces on purpose (coughs) he doesn't want us to know everything And, of course, we want to. We want to know everything. We want to know how we're doing. We want to know what the next step is, what he has prepared for us. And I just want you to think about it. If if God told you where are you going to be five years from now, ten years from now, maybe even five weeks from now, that's what you would focus on. You'd focus on, okay, what do I need to do? What am I supposed to be doing? When God, his desire for you is to live in the here and now, in your body and your soul, so that your spirit can do its job on your soul, to bring you into eternity. We've talked before about the difference between eternal life and age-based life. God relates to his people depending on the age, the eon in which we live. Now, fortunately, you and I live in the age of grace, where God paid for all sins. We are now saints, and we relate to God 
as sons, joint heirs with his son, co-crucified with his son. So we can come before his throne boldly and call him Abba Father without any shadow of turning, without any regret, any hindrance. That's our relationship that we are living with him in the natural and the supernatural, but not the spirit. In the spiritual, we are already experiencing eternal life. Eternity, eternal life is not more life. And, it, and it's somewhat unfortunate that those are the words that we've come, become used to using when we're talking about that quality of God's nature. When we talk about the holiness of God, the honor of God, the integrity of God, the, the no shadow of turning of God, those are things that we can understand are his and his alone. But then when we start talking about love and we start talking about time, we have a hard time separating our concept of those things from his concept, concept of those things. So when we're talking about the love of God and we're talking about our love, we're talking about his creativity and we're talking about our creativity when we're talking about eternity and when we're talking about, for instance, forever and ever. That's two ages. An ever is an age. It's a time, chunk of time. In our lives, we have ages. We have chunks of time. There are times, you know, we grew up, we were dependent on someone else, and we were under somebody else's authority, and we were learning things naturally. Then there comes a point in time where we're learning how to, how to be an adult, and we're learning how, well, we've learned lessons, and if we need to bone up on other lessons, we do that during that time. Then there's other times when we're, as a mature person, we're, we're working out goals and and what we need to be working on as far as uh, getting to know God and that kind of thing. Then then there's actually doing things, being productive, and that's usually very often in you know the the fifties and sixties are usually the most productive, especially sixties, at the most productive time of people's lives because they've worked out all the kinks. And hopefully have learned, okay, to not just wallow in all the mistakes. They've worked out the kinks rather than learned to embrace them. But those are aspects of our natural being and our supernatural being, our soul. None of those things have anything to do with our spiritual nature. Your spirit nature is done it's holy, it's righteous, it's one with God, it will never need to be improved upon. In your spirit, you're already experiencing all the eternal life you're ever going to get. So what's, what are we here for? And, you know, that's always a question. What, what are we supposed to be doing here? And in, in one sense, we're going to, we've been talking about broad strokes. But on the other hand, you have your own path to walk. And hopefully what 
we've started to do, and we'll go, you know, over time, we're going to get more and more specific. But it's your homework. You have to do it. And you are going to go at your own pace. And some of you are going to skip this all together and go and do something else. God has something else he wants to be working with you on. And that's what's important. Not how how well you comprehend what we're talking about here and, and how effective it is for, for you and your growth or whatever. If this is the right place for you, that God, this is where God wants you, that's what matters. Now, we don't want you to bail just because it's frustrating or because you're maybe even disagree with some things. You're welcome to get frustrated. You're welcome to disagree with some things. We all do. You know, a lot of times we disagree with what we thought we believed in, you know, this time last year, for instance. That's fine. We can get frustrated with that. We can, you know, change our, and we can also change our minds. We can change our beliefs. Because our faith is not based in what we believe. And by faith, I mean our the reason we have relationship with God. Our relationship with God is not based on doctrine. It's based on an encounter with him, being changed by him. And I don't mean... You know, the the heavens opening and angels ascending up and down on ladders and whatever it is for you that made made you know you were one with God. That's what matters. And a lot of times it's very subtle and very quiet. And sometimes it's loud and the changes that God makes in our lives are dramatic. Neither one is more valuable than another. And for those who haven't had that encounter and don't have that assurance, that's fine too. Let it be known. If you're interested, if God has ever drawn you, simply respond and just say, Lord, whatever it is you want for me, I want it too. That's it. The rest of it is up to him. If there are certain things he wants to change in you, to work out in you, that's his responsibility. It is his job to reveal himself to you. It is not your job to figure him out, but let him draw you. And just, you know, what that the, the illustration where he's knocking on the door and you open and he comes in. And then you hang out. And and then this is where we are. We're hanging out. We're sitting around the coffee table with him, drinking coffee and chatting. We're chatting about life. We're learning about the meaning of our lives here. And we're finding out that it's not about what we can do for him or do for others, or do for ourselves. Now, God may have you set aside to change the world. Or it may be a relationship that nobody ever knows about. 
It's all the same to him. Whether you're sitting at the table with him and he says, pass the salt, and you pass the salt. Or he says, okay, go heal that person, and you go heal that person, and you come back and you sit back down with him. He says, go change the world. You change the world, you come back and you sit down with him. It's all the same to him. Because it's not about what we're doing. It's not even about what we're believing or learning. Because he's responsible for the change that he's making in us. So what are we responsible for? He does not want us ignorant of the things that he's already put within us. He wants us to be responsible and learn and be taught and do our homework and enjoy the process in being good stewards of our body and our soul. Now, most of our most of the time the change and the the conflict is in our soul. Because our soul has developed really bad habits. Our body has too, but the body will follow the soul. So our soul has developed really bad habits. And most of them we don't know. You know, you don't know what habits that you have that are bad unless somebody points them out. And they will, you'll continue to use your bad habits as long as they work. And then God comes along and lets them fail. And then, of course, we yell at him and we get the prayer chain going that this is what's going on in my life and, you know, I need God to fix it. It's like, oh, look, I just started and I'm not going to stop it. This was my idea to get your attention because I want you to see the change that I'm doing in you. So for our part, what we're doing is he does not want us ignorant about the supernatural realm, about our soul. We want to value the soul he's given us. He gave you a soul. He gave you a soul with certain a certain temperament, a certain strength, certain weaknesses, certain abilities. Now, I'm of the mind that we all have the same abilities. Just like we all, in our body, we all have eyes and ears and nose and hands and feet. Now, they're all different. Your hands and feet are different than my hands and feet, but you have hands and feet. We all have the same supernatural, solical abilities, but they're going to be different than everybody else's. So you may be real talented in your hands. You may be a musician or an artist or an athlete. I'm not. So my hands do things different than yours. But they're still hands. How do we know what characters and characteristics and qualities we have of our hands? By experience. We use them. We find out what we're good at. And we find out what we're bad at. So likewise with your supernatural gifts, your supernatural abilities. You have some, again, you have all the supernatural abilities. You have miracles and healing and 
prophecy and wisdom and knowledge and understanding and encouragement and helps. You have every ministry and so many more. You know, that was never, what's in the scriptures was never meant to be a full list. It's a taste. A taste of the abilities that are latent in our soul. That God is stirring up and drawing us to enjoy. To enjoy the process of learning. Now, just like with our example with you know, being a musician, a lot of that practice is not pleasant, especially for those who listen. But it's through that practice we find out, you know, this isn't for me. Or, oh, I love this. This is, I could do this all day. And that's one of the things, if, you, if you're learning a, a new musical instrument and you find yourself you can't wait for that practice time to end, that's probably not for you doesn't mean you give up music. It means that instrument wasn't for you. If you're athletic and you love to run, but you hate running long distance, maybe running long distance isn't right for you. Maybe try a sprint. So we don't lock ourselves in. For instance, we don't say that this is what having the ability to do miracles, this is what it looks like. We think about, you know, what Jesus did. You know, he raised the dead. He turned water into wine. He fed all the, you know, all the thousands with, with five loaves of bread and a cup of fish. He, you know, the gathering of the fish into the, into the um, nets. He walked on the water. All these things. Don't think that God's miracles through you are going to necessarily fall into any of those categories. This is part of our challenge. Don't try to micromanage your own abilities. Let them come to the surface. Sometimes God doesn't even tell us what he's teaching us. We find them after the fact. Sometimes that's the best way because then he kind of sneaks it in on us where otherwise we might have been too timid or fearful or questioning, but he knows that. And the importance is not to get these abilities functioning. The, the whole idea is that when we're working on the areas that he has assigned us our responsibilities to be responsible and, and good stewards and grateful for our body and our soul, God is far more free to be reconnecting our soul with our spirit. And we've talked about how it should be somewhat of a good experience. God doesn't want us to be dreading our time with him. Yet on the other hand, very often your soul is going to reject what God wants to do because your soul wants to maintain control, maintain its own power and authority. So we've been talking about doing little experiments, a little experiences here and there. Talked about asking the Lord, what do you want me to start with? What is something 
that I'm interested in. And God gives you the desires in your heart. So what are the desires in your heart? Whatever it is he's, he's stirring up with, within you, take it seriously. You write it down. We talked about if God didn't give you something, go after, you know, just pick one. Word of knowledge. You know, and don't worry about whether your experience falls into your perception of word of knowledge. doesn't matter. The whole idea is that we're letting those abilities start to stretch, start to make themselves known. Don't worry about classifying them. Don't worry if anybody else knows about it. Don't worry if you're making mistakes. Nothing, none of that matters. You're, you're warming it up. You're warming up the clay. And over time, you'll see what is really there. As we go into the, this coming week, what I want you to do next is, well, we also talked about stirring up your abilities with speaking in tongues. So if you don't, that's, that's something I'd like you to go ahead and focus on. Ask the Lord if it's okay to pursue that particular ability, and it's an ability. It's not something you have to wait for him. It's something your soul already knows how to do. But your soul has hidden it, and you just want it revealed. You just want to make that an ability because that ability that's, again, already in you stirs up all your other abilities. So it's a very helpful, beneficial. It's not about your relationship with him. It's not about anything. It's just, it just simply is. It, it stirs up. It's, it's a value to us. So if you don't have the gift of the, the ability of speaking in tongues, ask the Lord for ideas on how to stir that up, how to activate it, how to keep it from being under, in the cover of darkness to bring it into the light. You want to be able to know how that works. So work on that. And if, you, if you're at that place and you've already covered these three Boost the amount of time you've been working on it, that you know what you want to be working on, that you're practicing spending time with him about those things, and that you're stirring them up through the tongues, speaking in tongues. Okay? So we'll be moving on to the next thing. We're going to be expanding our homework sessions a little bit more. So take these things seriously. This should be a fun time. There's chaos in the world, so what? We can spend time with God. That doesn't mean you're not part of what's going on. You have a duty and a responsibility to whatever is going on in your country, whatever's going on in your life, whatever's going on in your family. This is, um, but this can be a haven. This can be a relaxing time. This can be an opportunity for you to be refreshed by God himself. So, um, we're working on making some changes to the website, so if you visit there right now, um, it's under construction, but hopefully we'll be able to get that back up and running in a, in a new form pretty quick, and we'll see where we go from there. So thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a, great, have a good night.